Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com Featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith Not just a profile picture For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com And the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website Is ready to help single Catholics take the next step In sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics Remember, CatholicSingles.com For faith, fellowship, and love CMF Curo is the country's first Catholic healthcare ministry to provide an affordable health sharing solution rooted in Catholic teaching and community. Learn more at mycatholichealthcare.com. That's mycatholichealthcare.com. CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive. This Our Mother of the Eucharist production is made possible by you. If you would like to support us by donating, click the Give Online tab at the top of our website, ourmotheroftheeucharist.org. Thank you and God bless you. Welcome to Shades of Blue. All that is good, all that is true, all that is beautiful, all that is holy, all that is pure, all that is virtuous, all that is merry. This is Out of the Blue with Sister Lilla Marie and Sister Mary Claire. Greetings. I'm here with uh, my beloved sister, Mary Claire, and she has been doing Lectio Divine on Martha and Mary, the scripture of Martha and Mary. So she would like to share with us some of her reflections. Well, first of all, I I would like to just share with you the actual scripture uh, verse that so many of us are familiar with, but have we really delved deep, deep, deep inside of it? And and here it is. um, uh, Jesus was, was visiting with uh, Martha and Mary and it was all about Lazarus the time that he raised him from the dead and so he was visiting uh, with Lazarus and the whole family and you can imagine how many people were there uh, because the miracle that was performed how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and so um, here's the scripture passage that we're all familiar with so you see Martha and she's getting very anxious and she goes up to Jesus she says do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone then she demands of Jesus tell her to help me and Jesus says to Martha 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 you are anxious and troubled about many things one thing is needful Mary has chosen the better part, or good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. And so, what was striking me was, um, you know, Jesus responded this way to Martha uh, because Martha was complaining to the Lord. And, and, And the Lord, another note, when you hear, do, do you not care? That was, that was a key word, that, key words that Martha said. Do you not care that my sister's not here helping me? And we heard these same words uh, on the storm of the sea, right, Sister Lilla? Mm-hmm. I mean, on the storm of the sea. When uh, Jesus was, was sleeping with his head on the pillow. Jesus was sleeping with his head on the yes. pillow. They and came the, up, Lord, do you not care? Yeah, the waves are like crashing in yes. on him and everything. And they say, don't you care, Lord? that we're drowning. And so you hear those same words. And you know those words probably strike Jesus to the heart. 
because he cares more than any of us could mm -hmm. ever care. And so, when just you know, just so you know, it before she goes on, I'm. This is my first time hearing her reflection as well. So I'm with you, uh, just connecting and. Yeah, we're kind of all entering into this together. So yes. we're kind of inviting all of you to enter in, into this together. And if you have anything, any thoughts that come to you about this scripture passage, feel free to share it with us as well. And so, uh, on a pure human level, uh, it seems normal that we would be afraid of waves crashing in on us. We would be, af we would be concerned that, um, hey, I'm doing all this work and this capable person over here is not helping me. Okay, on a normal level, that's what we would be looking at. But you see, that's not what Jesus is saying. This scripture passage goes way deeper than that. Because, let me explain something to you. Jesus did not get upset with Martha because she was just needing help. He didn't get up. He didn't try to call her on for that. He loved her so much that he was calling her to her deeper heart. Jesus was calling Martha to her deeper heart. Martha, he says, was troubled and anxious about many things not just about Mary helping her out. Mm -hmm. You see? She was not just worried about Mary helping her out. That was escape. You know, um, just, you know, she was projecting onto Mary in a sense of mm -hmm. things that was going on in her deeper heart. Mm -hmm. She was troubled. She was worried. She was anxious. There was so much going on in her heart that she totally was not focused on Jesus. She totally was not looking at Jesus. And so... She probably had a demanding spirit. She had a demanding her. spirit. Martha, M Mary needed to help her. Yeah, right. Mary, you got to help me. I need your help. Jesus, would you please tell her to help me? You know? It's <laughs> have, like, have we ever been in those situations? <laughs> right. I know I have. Right. I've been more than, than Mary throughout my life. And, and, you know, a lot of times people haven't understood my more contemplative side. And so I've gotten people at times wanting to draw me from from that. Right, right. Trying to draw you from your contemplative life and saying, hey, can't you help me over here? You know, There's a lot that. of things out there in the world that need to be done. Why are you wasting time? Why are you... Right. right. Yeah, there's, there's more important things to do. But, I mean, that's from their perspective. Right. And recently, recently, Sister and I, we heard a homily from a priest and the priest was saying in the homily, he said uh, that perhaps Jesus was not only uh, telling Martha that she needed to uh, be more in his presence, but perhaps he was telling Mary that she needed to also be more hospitable. Okay? Mm -hmm. But that's not what Jesus is saying either, because if you look deeper into this scripture passage... Right. Jesus didn't say, he did not say, well, Mary, uh, Martha, well, Martha, you're right. Um, Mary, I think it would be best for you to get up and go help your sister. She really needs your help. Look at her. She is so troubled and worried, and <laughs> I think she needs your help. No, Jesus didn't show that kind of misplaced compassion. He validated Mary. Yes, he validated and her Mary. and her desire to to be 
at the feet of Jesus, listening to Jesus. Exactly. Sensitive to Jesus, being still and knowing that he's God. Right, because one thing that, uh, unfortunately, the priest, God bless him, he was doing his best, but he missed the main part of this scripture passage where Jesus says this. He says, Mary has chosen the better part. He did say that, but he forgot to say, which shall not be taken away from her. So Jesus is like guarding Mary. He's protecting her. and He's, he's saying, protecting her contemplative. Right. He's protecting her, guarding her, and saying, this shall not be taken away. It shall not be taken away from you. Mary. And it's almost like I, I see Jesus saying that through all the ages. It yes. shall not be taken from her. Right. Like right. this is meant to be in the church. Exactly. And, and calling Martha to enter into that more contemplative mode, even if she is serving, to have that contemplative heart, that reflective heart, as she is doing her serving. Right, right. And sister, as I was reflecting on this uh, scripture passage, um, what was coming to me was this as well, and I have written this down. Jesus is not addressing the normal fears that we have, say, of the waves of life crashing in on us, or um, nor is he addressing Martha serving her neighbor. What he's really addressing here is our anxiousness mm -hmm. and our, our being troubled, mm -hmm. our lack of trust, our being troubled about many things around us, and failing to keep our eyes on Jesus. And see, Mary was doing the opposite. Mary was focusing on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mary was listening to him. She had a listening heart. And how many of us today really have a listening heart to where we really try to put ourselves into the other person's heart, in mm -hmm. a sense? Mm -hmm. Mary was doing this with Jesus. She was really listening to his listening to his words and holding on to his words and Mary was living his words obviously because Jesus would have called her on if she wasn't mm -hmm. living his words he would have said well now wait a minute Mary um, you haven't been hospitable or you haven't been taking care mm -hmm. of people or you haven't been doing that no Jesus never called her on he was calling Martha on not for her serving because, see, that's where people get confused. They start saying, poor Martha, she gets the bad rap. But that's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus loved Martha so much that he was calling her forth. He was calling forth the bride in her. He knew that Martha could be led into contemplation. He knew that Martha kind of needed that little nudge, that push. See, because if Martha would have served Jesus and serve the people with peace in her heart, and, mm -hmm. and she would have been focused on the Lord, then we wouldn't even have the scripture passage. It would be uh, non-existent. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is trying to uh, call all of us on, and he's trying to say, he's looking at Martha with love, and he's saying, Martha, Martha. He said her name twice because she probably was so involved in her thoughts and entering into her troubledness because mm -hmm. her mind was troubled he said with many things mm -hmm. and she was anxious so Jesus had to like Martha Martha he like had to snap her out of it mm -hmm. 
you know, and isn't that what we do, you know, sometimes if somebody is, right. you know, so worried or so anxious, I know you've done that with me in my life, sometimes mm -hmm. I've been like that Martha, so I can relate to this, I've been like Martha sometimes, and I've been like Martha as well sometimes, right, yeah. I've had moments of anxiousness, mm -hmm. um, I'm a little troubled, I'm worried, and you'll go, Mary Claire, Mary Claire, mm. there's only one thing necessary, your heart, do not let it be troubled. Do not let it be troubled. Are we with Jesus right now? Are we communing, communing with Jesus with what we're doing? Are we trusting in Jesus amidst the storm or amidst the service or the work that we're doing? Right. Or are we, be, are we on our own and becoming anxious about it? Right. And Mary, Mary, the beautiful thing about Mary is that she was not concerned about everything around her. She was not worried about everything around her. She was totally wrapped up in Jesus. Now, she could have been distracted, too. And see, that happens to us, too, in prayer. She could have been looking around at Martha going, Oh, gosh, I need to really help her. Oh, poor thing. She looks so busy. You know, and, and, and I feel sorry for her. She needs some help. Then Jesus would have had to call Mary on as well. But he didn't, because Mary had her undivided attention on Jesus. She was listening to his words. She was taking his words into her very heart. And Jesus didn't need to call her on. In fact, Jesus was trying to tell Martha, Martha, let your sister be. Let her be. She's, we're human beings, not human doers. So Martha, let her be. And this will not be taken away from her. And so we're actually uh, saying to all contemplatives out there, and Jesus is saying to all contemplatives out there, and all those who are seeking to grow mm -hmm. in their contemplative life, and that's all of us, my friends. We all need to be drawn We're all being closer to even our Lord. If, even if it's a contemplative in action. Right. We're called to that stillness of heart right. and communion with our Lord. Yeah. And that, that's why Jesus is addressing uh, this issue right. here right. because he knows that it's meant for all of us. He's trying to make a point here for all of us saying, why are you so anxious? Why are you so troubled? Just because these waves are coming in, just because this turmoil, this wind, everything, uh, the earth is quaking, the the tsunamis are coming, the whatever is happening, Jesus is saying, I'm in the boat with you. Jesus yeah. is saying, I'm with you. And Mary, you see what Mary's doing? She's in the boat with me too. Mary's listening. Mm -hmm. Mary is so attuned to my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I want all of you, Martha, you too, to be attuned to my heart. You know that afterwards, I am sure after Jesus taught this lesson, that he probably did say, okay, now Mary, you can go and help your, your sister now. You or know? we can both go and help her. Or we can both yeah, go and I've help her. Because I've heard one. Yeah, Jesus may have gone up to said with that, Mary actually. and said, okay, let's go help Martha. I can imagine that he probably would have done something like that because Jesus was a servant, you know. And I think what this shows also is how God's ways are not our ways so often. And we so often see things on a natural realm. Right. We just see things, right. what we can see with our 
physical eyes and, and experience with our physical senses, but in fact, God's ways are, are so far above. And, and I think of many popes through the years have so constantly encouraged the contemplative life in the church. Right. For those who are hermits, for those who are um, cloistered, or for those semi-hermits like we are, right. to never lose that contemplative aspect within Mother Church. Because this is at the heart of the church, they say. No matter what's going on outside, plagues or all different things, should never take those who are called to the more contemplative life from their place there because that is what holds up the rest of the church in prayer. Sister Little Marie, you're actually confirming what I wrote down too in the meditation that whatever mm -hmm. came to me with that scripture passage is that how many times have we heard um, about the contemplative life, hey, they're wasting their time, they could be social workers, they should, they should be helping the poor, they could be teaching in yes. the schools, there's so much that they can do, and they don't realize what they're doing. They're doing just what Jesus said not to do. He said, this shall not be taken away from them. Mm -hmm. They are living according to what I have called them to do, and they have chosen it. And that's what he said about Mary. Mary has chosen the better part. Mary chose that contemplative life. And she chose to stay in the boat with Jesus in a sense. She chose to have that listening heart. And Jesus is teaching all of us to do that in our particular vocation in life. Yes, and I think a lot of times people can't see the spiritual realm of what's happening. They say, well, you should be a teacher. You should do something that's really going to be helping people that we see hands-on. Right. But yet, if they saw with their spiritual senses, they would see a lot of grace flowing from, from the contemplatives to the teachers, to the people who are helping in the corporal works of mercy. Yes. They would see all the, all the spiritual works of mercy, which is right. actually our calling is the spiritual works of mercy. There's, and then there's the corporal works of mercy, but the spiritual works of mercy are what give grace. And, and, yeah, I've heard, up I've heard it the court once said by, um, I don't know if Pope John Paul II said this, but he was saying that the contemplatives are like the wings to an airplane. Wow. It's like, you know, so that it can right. soar. And, and so that's what it is. It's like the contemplative life um, is, helps the church to soar, soar to the heart of mm -hmm. Christ. And I believe that the contemplative life upholds the church in many, many, many ways. Yes. You're reminding me of what I often think of the analogy, well, it's actually a reality, the, the nine choirs of angels, how they have the seraphim or the highest of right. the choirs of angels, and they're constantly gazing upon the face of God. They're the most contemplative Right. of all the angels and then it goes to cherubim and it goes down to the you know principalities right. thrones, <clears throat> virtues and down to the archangels and the angels right and every every choir has their place but if you would hear the archangel say seraphim <laughs> we have so much 
work down here. Right, right, right. Why are you up there wasting your time? <laughs> so, so why Sarah, are you just gazing at the father? Why? That's you need to be helping. Yeah, there's right. so much trouble down here on earth right now. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, it's the same with us. God calls some to the more contemplative, right. and the more gazing upon the face of our right. Lord, and then others, the, it flows exactly. And, and, and the, when, we, when we talk about contemplatives in the church, brothers and sisters, we're not only talking about contemplative, consecrated, religious, priests, brothers, sisters. Um, we're talking about laity as well. Those who feel drawn and called to a more contemplative life. We are assuring you that this is a special grace from God and um, not to feel guilty about it. Um, unless you're doing it to where it's like interfering with your, your, your family life in a sense that, you know, your duties of your vocation in life. That would be one thing, because I do remember this priest had also mentioned in his homily, he said um, that there are some of those people who are being contemplative, they're being like Mary, and what they're doing is a lot of times they'll be in deep prayer for hours, and then when they get out of that prayer, They'll be around all these people, and they ignore them, or they or seemingly they don't have ignore them, or don't have charity. Now, what I say about that is, normally, if somebody is deep in prayer with our Lord, with a listening heart, it draws them to more charity. Definitely, something is not integrated right if they're not growing in their charity. Something's not right. But sometimes people can misread saying that they have a lack of charity if they're not engaging in conversation with everybody. Right. And sometimes when you have just been engaging in conversation with the good Lord, you don't want to engage in conversation with man right away afterwards. <laughs> and sometimes that can be misconstrued mm -hmm. as, hey, they're not being very charitable. Now I would say, if somebody came up to me and started talking to me, and I didn't seem like I wanted to talk back, then yeah, that would be a lack of charity. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm walking out of prayer, and I'm just amongst some people, and I'm walking through, um, I don't see that it's a problem that I'm not really engaging in conversation with them. It's not a mm -hmm. necessary thing to do, unless the good Lord is calling me to do so. I'm being reminded of uh, a sister one time told me, and this was a holy, you know, a beautiful sister. She told me one time, I'm concerned about you because I think you're being selfish. Because during, during free time, I would pray. I would go in the chapel. And she thought it would be more charitable if I helped the poor. And, and so... When she shared that with me, it really, it pierced my heart, and wow. I said, no, I said, because I knew I had been discerning what God was calling me to, and, and I really felt that the most charitable thing for me to do was to be in prayer for people, to love them in my prayer for them, right. and that I could do more in praying for them than the corporal works. That's just what, where my calling was. We all have different things that God leads us to do. Mm -hmm. But 
So, you know, later, years later, this sister actually wrote to me and said, I'm so sorry that I, that I didn't understand your contemplative life then. I understand it now. Because God began revealing to her the grace of being still, of praying more deeply. That's exactly goes back yeah. to the scripture passage. You see, she was being like Martha. Right. She was right, trying right. to pull you away from the better part. She was trying to pull yes. you away. And Jesus says, this shall not be taken away from yes. Sister Little Marie. This shall not be taken away. And, and the Lord eventually called her on that particular sister, just like he did Martha. Right, right, right. And he said... Because she had more of an A-type personality. Yeah. Yeah. He said the same thing to her as he, he yeah. said to Martha. And then he says to many of us who, who act in the same way, a lot of times uh, when we get aggravated like that, let's right. look deeper into our hearts and say, hmm, what really is going on with me? Am I, am I aggravated at her contemplative life and her peace and her joy and I am missing it and, and I don't since I don't have it I feel like maybe I, I need to just tell her hey you need to help me you know come over here and be in my camp all different motives maybe. there could be so many different motives you know we there, don't know there was another time I was it was free time again <laughs> and I was I was praying during my free time, and this was another now, sister. Now, free time, get the word free time. That means you can free do times you choose what to do. You choose to do. So during this time, because I, I didn't feel like I got enough prayer in my regular schedule, so during free time I would often take the prayer right. to help me to, you know, have to grow in that. Yeah. And so this sister, I was passing by her one evening, and she's doing newsletters, and she said... She looked at me like, like, can you help me? And she said, you know, there's so much to do here. And, and I said, um, and you know what? I just did not feel a peace about helping her. I felt like there was a demanding spirit there mm -hmm. and an expectation. Like, it, So I, I didn't end up helping her, but later I was talking to a friar and I shared with him the story. I said, was that selfish of me? And he said, he said, no. He said, that's what you should have done. Mm. Because it wasn't a planned thing. This sister was an A-type personality. And she was always finding more to do. Mm. So I would have never gone deeper in my prayer life if I would have just stayed and felt like I had an obligation to do that. I mean, if it was, if she was really hurting and had to go to the hospital or something, that's a different thing. But she was creating more and more things to do because she wasn't at a spot right. of being still right. and, and of praying in that way. So it was definite. It's difficult to know sometimes, and it's sometimes we feel guilty right. when we say no. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's so important for us always to discern it. Yeah. Get in touch with our motive. Right. I had a greater um, value in staying in prayer rather than right. helping her. Right. So I, right. Right. And and here's the thing too that um, I, I think that many many of us Catholics really uh, need to uh, take a deeper heartfelt look at, and that's when we go to mass and we receive Holy Communion. 
we receive Jesus himself, the Master. We receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And let's be careful who we pull away from prayer afterwards. Um, and we, we Not do, that there's necessarily a lot of people staying. Right, right. But there's some maybe there's still some in the church. that may yeah. remain in the church. They're, they're trying to pray. They're trying to commune with God. Unfortunately, that doesn't take place too much because a lot of times people leave right after. We can't judge why. They may have things they have to get to. Um, but, but we I have just, a vestibule. Right. Yeah. We have a vestibule in the back of the church um, that people can go talk in. They can go talk in as much as they want. And so be careful when you try to pull someone away from their prayer and their communion with God, because that's what it is. It's communion with God right. that you're interrupting. The most powerful yes. time of prayer. Communion with God. Th throughout and the day. People take that very lightly, and um, that's something that, that God is calling us to really be careful about and really consider I'm not going to interrupt my brothers and sisters who are trying to pray after Mass or trying to pray more even after they pray the Rosary or whatever it is. If they're in a contemplative mode, try to be very respectful of that. And if you need to talk with someone, ask them to go in the back, in the back of the church. Yeah. Us Catholics are, have been so notorious for talking right in the sanctuary, talking in the church, talking... Uh, so loud that no one has a chance to even really pray and have a time of thanksgiving after Mass because that's what Eucharist means, thanksgiving. Uh, Eucharistia, thanksgiving. And so we're having that time of thanking our Lord for entering into our, our very souls. Now, how many times have we been like Martha? We've been concerned, we've been troubled, we've been worried, we've been anxious. Um, about everything around us. Or we've been like the apostles, um, afraid of the storm and the waves and the crashing of them. And we say, just like them, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? And the Lord shows us His care by calling us to trust in Him and to listen to Him, to enter into His presence as Mary did. I'm sure the Mary in this gospel passage with Martha learned how to have a listening heart from the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. our mother and Jesus' mother, who the chose everything. Yeah, who chose the better part. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus talked about that, that you know it says in the scripture that Mary pondered everything in her heart. And they think that this Martha and Mary, that this Mary was Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And they say, tradition says that Mary Magdalene stayed close to the Blessed Mother, mm -hmm. the Mother of all purity. She stayed close to Mary. And so I'm believing that Mary Magdalene learned a lot from the Blessed Mother. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how she was able to enter into the contemplative life in a deeper way because of her nearness and closeness to Mary, wouldn't you think? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because if we think of our Heavenly Mother's life, she was always with God. Of course, from the moment of the Immaculate Conception, she entered into this deep union with the Trinity. 
And then she was in the temple. Her, her parents presented her at the age of three. Right. She was in the temple in this contemplative prayer of quiet and preparing. She didn't know she was going to become the mother of Jesus. But, um, and then she receives, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes into her womb. Mm. So now there she has God mm. physically with nine months, and then after that she's caring for him. Her, her child caring for her and being with being with Jesus for 30 years right and, and she, then oh, you, and, no, no, go ahead. well and then <laughs> and then Jesus starts his public ministry and of course that was even more of a suffering for Mary of praying in the background but Jesus dies he rises and then of course Mary is with John the Beloved a priest and she has the Eucharist always with her. And that's why St. Peter, Julian, Emard um, had her named as Our Lady of the Most Blessed Sacrament, saying that the rest of her life was spent mm. in adoration of the Eucharist and yeah. receiving Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. So she was always, everything about Mary was Jesus. Was Jesus. Yeah. Was, was communing with Jesus, communing with the Trinity. And that's why that's our mission, right. our Mother of the Eucharist, mm -hmm. because we feel called to follow Mary's footsteps in that way of, right. of remaining with Jesus in the Eucharist mm -hmm. and drawing others to recognize Jesus in the Eucharist and, and, and how many graces flow of growing in communion with Him here on earth, mm -hmm. that God is in our midst. What stirred in my heart when you said that too was that when you said that Mary for nine months had Jesus within her womb, we think of the contemplation there that Our Lady had. But another thing that many people fail to forget is when they go to that the joyful mystery where Mary visits Elizabeth. Everybody, everybody thinks, oh, Mary is so unselfish right, right. that she's going to go help Elizabeth, right, 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 and then she's going to help Elizabeth clean house and prepare and everything because Elizabeth's old and Mary's, it's all about the Mary's going to help yeah. her do. But right. no one thinks about Mary bringing Jesus to Elizabeth and Elizabeth being filled with joy, so much so too that her baby leaps in her womb for right. joy and, and that the two of them probably went into deep contemplation with one Definitely. another they were much more than they did work and labor. They I'm were sure confirming they were. each other's mission. Yeah. Not that Mary didn't help physically right, right. with the carpal works, but primarily, primarily being yes. with one another in this very special mission, right. encouraging and confirming and, yeah. and building each other up. I kind of think that's why the Lord maybe let... Elizabeth's husband be mute so that he wouldn't interrupt that contemplation. <laughs> he, there might have he had to learn to his that. lesson so that right. they could have that time. Right, right. <laughs> they can be encouraged. In it. Yeah. You're right, you're right. So anyway, we, we just want to thank you all for joining us in yes. this um, entering deeply into uh, the scripture passage of Martha and Mary. And this is Lexio Divine. And this is going deeper into the scripture passages and allowing ourselves to be taught 
and, and, and by the Lord and just entering deeper into the ministry, right, sister? Yes, and, and for all of us, just an encouragement that we're all called every day to go deeper in union with our Lord. In contemplative prayer, even if it is contemplation and action, it's about being with God no matter what we're doing and fostering that. So St. Martha and St. Mary pray, pray for, us. for us. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Out of the Blue. Visit us on our motheroftheeucharist.org to donate and for more information about our ministries. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.